How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. All right, welcome to the show, Gearheads. We just got through watching the French Grand Prix for Formula One. This is John Massengill sitting in studio with Les Kaiser. Jonathan Green is not here today because he's up in Pittsburgh doing the Formula Three, United States Formula Three, Formula Four up there with Dakota Dickerson and the gang up there. We had him on the show last week. But uh, yeah, man, it was uh, it was not the most exciting Formula One race today. And Lewis Hamilton wins. Botas, Leclerc, the top three right as they started the race. And uh, not surprising. In fact, Les, I think by the time we hit turn two, I was going, yep, this is probably going to be Lewis Hamilton winning the race. Yep. Afraid this is one that we could have almost predicted at the breakfast table. All right. Well, we have a couple of callers already on the line. So let's take some calls. We're going to give away some tickets, man. Depends on how good they do on this call. We got Barry from Connecticut. Hey, Barry, how are you? Welcome to the show. Yeah, very good. I agree with you. Uh, listening to the race, um, I think it was like watching Payne try. It's just so predictable. But, you know, looking at formats to allow uh, extra points for effort in the race, I was thinking about giving a point for the person who makes the most passes during the course of a race. So in and out after pit stops, just hey. the number of vehicles that you pass during the race, you get a point. You know what? You, you know, where everyone's talking about how to get more passing in Formula One. There you go. I think Barry has just come up with a fantastic plan. Nice. Excellent, Barry. Okay. I, I want a commission on that if it goes through. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to split my nothing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the show. Thank thanks you. a lot, Barry. <laughs> Thank, thanks a lot, Barry. All right. We, got, we have another caller. We have, uh, we have Danny from Oklahoma City. Danny, welcome to the show. Good to talk to you. So it sounds like you're in the car, Danny. Yes, I am. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. So, uh, well, actually, what kind of car are you driving? Uh, right now I'm driving a Chrysler. Okay, I thought you were going to say a, right. a McLaren. You called the right show. <laughs> yeah. all, all of us have Mopars here, so excellent. All right, so what would you think of the race, Danny? Oh, I thought it was pretty good. It, it kind of went as expected. I'm wondering, is, is there going to be any way that anybody can can match Mercedes' speed and, and power? Uh, well, you know, I mean, Ferrari's the closest thing to that, and they've, at times, have done that this season. And, you know, just not been able to put it all together, but, man, it does not, it does not look good for anybody else right now. I mean, <laughs> I think... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I was, I was, I was really kind of hoping Red Bull would... Uh, would step up to the plate this year, and they've kind of fallen fallen behind. I think with Ricardo out, uh, they they don't have the drivers that they had. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, look, competing with Mercedes right now is just going to be tough for anybody. I mean, it's funny. Today, I was sitting there watching, and I was thinking, you know, we just don't even see any any mechanical failures. 
I mean, really across the board. I mean, look how it's it's amazing how reliable across. You know, we've now been how many seasons now in the turbo hybrid era? What this is the fourth season in? Yeah, or is it fifth? I can't even keep up now. But we're getting they're so reliable, and and now Mercedes being so fast. I mean, it's tough to get some exciting racing right now. But hey, yeah. Danny, you know one of the yeah. things you mentioned Red Bull. Uh, yeah, we're not seeing great improvements there, but one of the things I heard in another interview was Max talking about, he goes, when Honda says they're going to deliver this, this is what to expect, he goes, that's exactly what we get. He goes, and, and you know, reading or listening between the lines of what he was that. saying, if you, you know, previously, Renault would say, oh, you're going to, we're, we're going to bring you a new sunshine and <laughs> instead it's dark. And that, you know, they missed the ball whenever they would forecast what was going to come out. But he said, Honda tells you what it is, and that's exactly what it is. And he said, you know, it, it brings a confidence to the driver to hear that and then have it delivered. And he's more willing to, to go out and, and, and accept whatever they deliver because they're, they'll tell him right up front. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's kind of interesting, too, because uh, when Honda was with McLaren, they had a lot of issues. But now they're seeing the Honda engine seem to be doing pretty good. Hey, Danny, so let me ask you, what, how, is your, how did you become a Formula One fan? You know, we're, one of the things we're going to talk about in this post-race show, since there's really not a whole lot of the race, is we're going to talk about the state of Formula One in the United States. How did you become a fan? Well, actually, what happened is, is I bought a Mercedes. And I started driving it, and uh, and I had heard that Mercedes was doing good in Formula One. This was back in 2014, and so I just started watching Formula One, and of course they kept winning. So I got all excited about that, and uh, and so that's kind of how it happened. And then and now I've been I've been watching it for a few years, and and I like seeing Mercedes win, but I'd like to see some more competition. I'd like to see a little bit more back and forth and. It makes it a lot more exciting to watch the races if you know they're not going to win every time. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Mercedes would love to hear that story. I mean, really, that's <laughs> that that's one of the things that every car manufacturer talks about is, and, and really everybody who advertises in Formula One is trying to get to the the coveted American audience. So, yeah, your story is is right up that alley. Well, Danny, ha- have you uh, have you ever been to a Formula One race? Yeah, yeah, we've been one time down to Austin. Well, what are you doing uh, this November 3rd? Uh, I don't have any plans. Well, how about a couple of tickets to come see the race down here in Austin? Do you live in Oklahoma City? Yeah, yeah, we live in Oklahoma City. Well, that's not too far. How about a couple of tickets? Heck yeah. <laughs> you're in. But, but you know, you're, you're coming to Austin, Texas. I, you know, we try to be hospitable, but we don't allow a lot of OU red around here. <laughs> Well, that's too bad because that's where I graduated. I suspected. Odds are. Hey, come on down. We'll arm wrestle and have some fun. Uh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, come on down to Longhorn Country. But, yeah, Austin is is uh, a Formula One town that weekend, so you guys can get along just fine together. So That well, weekend. Yeah. Well, Danny, thanks for listening, and thanks for calling in. And hang on the line, and our producer will get your info so we can get you those tickets. Okay. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. Well, that's cool. He's got a uh, he's got about a seven hour drive to no, in that's that not Chrysler fun. to come on down. Maybe Ralph Gilles will throw in an SRT for him to get him here a little quicker. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, but the, it's interesting. I am glad 
obviously, that Formula One is growing in the States, you know, as far as an audience. Uh, there's been a lot of things going on. A lot of folks have very little knowledge of anything that happened before 2012 or, or next to none. And uh, it's really neat to have things going on. That Netflix documentary was fantastic. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Uh, we want to, I want to wait till the next break until we talk about that because. There's so much to talk about with Formula One in the United States, and that Netflix series is a big key to that. But uh, let's run down the, uh, the, if you missed it, let's talk about the race today, the French Grand Prix. So Lewis Hamilton wins the race, Valtteri Bottas, Charles Leclerc, Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel moved from seventh up to fifth, Carlos Sainz in sixth, Daniel Ricciardo, Kimi Raikkonen, Nico Hulkenberg, and Lando Norris finish out the points. And if you if you missed it, but Lando Norris really spent most of the race in seventh place, and then had some trouble with his uh, hybrid system, and ended up dropping to tenth behind uh, behind Ricardo Raikkonen and Hulkenberg. And then uh, the the rest of the the uh, the grid is Pierre Gasly in eleventh, Perez, Lance Stroll, Daniel Kvyat, Alexander Albon, uh, Antonio Giovinazzi, Magnussen in seventeenth, Kubica, Russell. Uh, George Russell, and uh, then Grosjean out. But, uh, yeah, horrific day for the the Haas F1 team. Uh, I feel like this time, literally the wheels have come off and didn't get back put back on. Yeah, I, oh, man, groan. I don't like talking about it, but, yeah, yeah, it is. I look at these things, and I see, you know, in uh, when I spoke to him in Monaco, we were there, and I said, I'm seeing this confidence you know, coming around. I'm seeing confidence, you know, in Canada, you know, even when we got to Canada and they definitely felt like it. Kevin felt good about it. Well, then, then everything went haywire, but that is, uh, it is hard to watch. I know it really is. And, you know, we've been kind of living this dream that how well the Haas team has been doing. And look, there's a long, it's a long season, right? It's just couple well, races just about half yeah. yeah it's a long season so we don't know what can happen but we've really been living a dream with Haas because they have done so well uh and uh and just you know one one bad uh race here is not gonna throw me off hey we got another caller on the line we got we got Paul from Chicago hey Paul welcome to the show hey guys how you doing good how's it going well, I'm, I'm uh, just considering these two hours of my life that I'm never going to get back. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. Hey, Paul, I got a question for you. So while I was right. in Montreal, there was yeah. a uh, fan festival going on in Chicago. Did you get an opportunity to visit? You know what? I, I had to go to a uh, wedding in Buffalo, and I wasn't able to go to it, but I had my operatives uh, down there taking a look at it. <laughs> what did you they, hear about it? <laughs> they, well, surprisingly, they drew a some fairly good crowds. They got the crowd estimate that I got from uh, the mayor's office at special events was in the neighborhood of 30 to 40,000 people. Um, the, the problem, I, I really don't know what it is they're trying to do here with that, you know, because the, the dream of having some sort of a, a lakefront F1 event here in Chicago was tried. Oh my gosh. Even up to 30 years ago, Carl Haas was trying to put something together. And uh, there's a group here called the Friends of the Park. And the Friends of the Park are the guys who diligently, vehemently, aggressively protect everything that goes on on the lakefront of Chicago. And uh, they were opposed to any sort of even temporary 
construction of a circuit on Chicago's lakefront, even though I, I really can't think of, a, of another city that would offer a, a more Monaco-esque uh, place to stage a Formula One race in there, you know, with the lakefront and the city and everything else. It, it would be spectacular. But I, I just don't see it happening. Uh, I think beyond that, though, you know, ever since the changeover of ownership has taken place, you know, everybody's focusing on entertainment. And my position on that has always been the first element of entertainment is to be entertaining. And and that's been a problem. I mean, think of it. I mean, three minutes ago, you guys were talking about a high point of the race when, when one of the ballers ran out onto <laughs> the track. <laughs> Whoa! Hey! And uh, yeah. you know, yeah. you and Danny Sullivan would have done that. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Danny drove. You know, uh, yeah, you, you sure heard what's in the studio. Oh my gosh, it's the safety car! Oh my god, what are we? <laughs> yeah. Well, Paul, it was crazy. Well, and and, and you're right. I mean, the comment about Daniel Ricardo's you know, drink is not working. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. A, another highlight of the race. <laughs> no, I, I it was the most uncomfortable question of of the post race interview though. Brun, Brundle talking to Botus and saying, "Why?" Well, I can't you be as fast as that guy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thinking, well, you know, I guess a Brit can ask that question, but oh my God, that, that was really something. You know, but yeah, you know, but if, in further commentary of the post race stuff, can anybody fake sincerity better than Lewis Hamilton? Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you got to. He did win, and it's still no matter what, it's still exciting. But yeah. Hey, we had another caller from Chicago about a month ago call in, and he's we were talking about he's the other F one, <laughs> the other <Yeah>. guy, <laughs> and he said something about we had another race like this and boring race, and he said he said you know if you're a new fan if you're if you're in the United States you're a new fan just don't give up because there are times when Formula One will throw just <clears throat> an amazing race at you. And I guess that's what we have to hope for, at least until we get some rule changes in 2021 or something to that effect. Because, I mean, it does happen. And but but this is but this is not good right now. Absolutely. No, this is this is not good for the sport. And and overall, when you take a look at it, you know, arguably you've got six cars that can win a race, and the rest of them are moving chicane. And uh, you know, it. I you know I I hate to think of something like a spending cap or something else. But when you take a look at the budgets that, uh, that Daimler Benz throws at this and the budgets that, you know, face it, the entire marketing budget for Ferrari is that team. Uh, when, when demand far exceeds capacity of what it is that their company does, even through you know, not only just cars, but through merchandising and, and other avenues, licensing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's their whole thing. So, you know, if if you are Haas, if you're McLaren even, uh, some of the smaller teams, you know, how, how do you compete with that? And, and further, if you're a potential sponsor, boy, I, I want to hire the guy that's selling the sponsorship to, to somebody that's, you know, 12th on the grid and finishes 15th. And, you know, you say, you know, why am I here? That's you know, tough. And, and you think to yourself, well, maybe he'll be the guy that'll hit the bollards. 
God. Here we go. <laughs> That's great, Paul. I love it. Uh, hey, Paul, have you ever been to a Formula One race? I've been to a lot of them, yeah. Oh, really? Good. I, I mean, where have you gone? Um, most of them. <laughs> really? That's awesome. Yeah, most of them. I've been involved in the automobile industry and racing for a long time. So I've, I've been fortunate enough that I've been very blessed and worked for a, a team that, uh, not in, in F1, but in IndyCar, that uh, now competes in Formula 1, uh, back when Alfa Romeo was running an IndyCar. Oh, awesome. Nice. nice. And, and you mentioned Danny. I mean, Danny drove for us in, uh, in our last year. So huh. having, having worked with Danny for a year, no, I don't see Danny running out there. <laughs> no, no, I'm not picking on him. I'm just imagining if the stewards had to get out and get some exposure. But, He's okay, backtracking over here in the studio. Yeah, you should yeah. see him. <laughs> no, Paul, how about this? We were uh, watching some of the video feed, and they flashed a camera to the stewards as they were sitting there obviously discussing yeah. a situation. I would love to be a fly on the wall or hear that audio coming back as we hear the drivers. <laughs> Boy, how would that change that's the That's a great reaction? idea. Co- selected clips from the stewards. Now, see, that's another you know, good idea. It, it might be more interesting than uh, <laughs> listening to the driver's uh, conversation. Uh, 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 well, hey, Paul, we uh, we got to go to a break, but uh, we've been giving away tickets left and right. You want a pair of tickets to come to Austin? You know, actually, I'm going to be the guest of one of the teams. So, All right. Well, I, I thank appreciate you. that. But someone else will be able to go ahead and enjoy those. And, and it's a, a wonderful experience if you haven't been to an F1 race, irrespective of the level of competition or lack of level of the competition at this point. It's a great experience, and everybody really ought to do it. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's like going to a World Series game, game or a, yeah. you know, some, something of It's that a bucket sort. list. You know, it's, it's more than just the race. Fantastic. Well, when you get here, and, look around for a Speed City you shirt. Get to, to go to Lambert's for barbecue or, or the, 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 what is it, the iron, uh, ironworks? <laughs> Leave those people to go to the TV things. Yeah. <laughs> Quit giving out our local secrets. <laughs> All right. We got to get our break. Thanks, Paul. We really appreciate you calling in. Great, great radio voice, too, by the way, Paul. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Call my 900 number. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right, we've got to take a break. Listen to Speed City's coverage, and we'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people. It's Christine Sellers. And I'm Daytona. Sellers Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas does it ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. We, uh, we not only had the Formula One French Grand Prix today, but also there was an IndyCar race. There was the Rev Group Grand Prix at Road America, and it was a pretty typical uh, IndyCar race, meaning that it was exciting and lots of things going on. But it was a little atypical and that it was wire to wire, basically. And of course, we're going to have Alexander Rossi on here in just a moment. Alexander Rossi had one of the most dominant, really just utterly dominant victory in this race. In fact, he won by 28 and a half seconds. I mean, I think that was the the most dominant victory in, in a decade. I think it was about 2009 was the last time. I think it may have been Scott Dixon. But that was an amazing race by by Alexander Rossi. And if you, if you didn't see the race, but right off the bat, Colton Herter was on pole and Rossi wasn't second in qualifying. But at the first turn of the first lap, Rossi went around the outside of Herta and squeaked by and never looked back. At one point, he had led, I believe, the first 44 laps. And the only reason that he didn't lead every single lap was because he came in for a pit and, uh, and gave up the lead for just a single lap or two and then came back out and and won by that just he just crushed the competition it was really incredible this leaves him second in the championship he's only seven points back now joseph newgarden he's a free agent so this is going to be a really interesting season and really in the silly season right now it's all stacked up a bunch of dominoes waiting for alexander rossi because once he makes a move or stays then everybody else can then figure out where they're going so it was uh it was really it, it, I mean, that puts him in such a great position right now. But it was, but it was a great race, and it was the second win of the season for him. He won Long Beach also, but he also had some really interesting stats from from this season. Like, well, just an example. First of all, the last five races, he was second in the Indy 500. He was first at the Detroit Grand Prix, and the first one. And then he was fifth in the second Detroit race. And then he was second in the DXC 600. And then, of course, winning today. That's his last five races. But really interesting also is that he had three runner-up this season. So, and, But the gap, though, at the Indy 500, he was, it was two tenths. And Detroit race, he was runner-up, and it was only eight tenths. And in Texas, it was another eight tenths. So he's had really – he's just been – it looks like to me he's the most dominant racer – 
in IndyCar right now. I mean, Herta, Colton Herta is probably one of the most exciting because he's got that he's got that rookie attitude and he'll go for any gap. And and of course, we're going to have Alexander Rossi on here in just a moment. But I, I just we wanted to prep this because he had such a great race today, and it was also some actually some pretty good racing behind him, especially right towards the end because Colton Herta his tires were completely gone and uh, he was still going for it and Scott Dixon was there and uh, it was really and, and Dixon recovered from a first lap contact with Ryan Hunter Ray that dropped him into last place so it was really it was really a great race and it finished up with Rossi first Will Power Joseph Newgarden Graham Rahal Scott Dixon Felix Rosenquist James Hinchcliffe Colton Herta finished eighth Simon Pagano ninth and Takuma Sato tenth and a couple of other rookies Erickson was in 13th Pato Award was down in 17th. Was and Oh, and Santino Ferrucci looked good at one point during the race, and he ended up finishing 19th. It was great, but it, it sounds like we now have Alexander Rossi on the phone. All right, well, we are so excited to welcome back to the show a man who's been on the show several times and had a fantastic day today at Road America at the Rev Group Grand Prix. Alexander Rossi, congratulations on the win. Thank you very much. Uh, we needed that one. It's been a too big of a gap since Long Beach. Well, what a crazy gap. What an amazing race. I think the final gap was like 28 and a half seconds. I mean, that's got to just feel amazing. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's cool. I mean, you don't, you don't get days like that very often. And, um, you know, it, it kind of the halfway point, we were just hoping that nothing crazy happened with the yellow flag or lapped cars or, or anything like that weather uh, so fortunately it kind of all stayed pretty much status quo from from start to finish and we were able to finish it out well i i had i was honestly i was rooting for you because when you get to see a dominant race like that you want it to finish and there was i don't know five laps left and i was going what's going to happen is there anything that can happen here and anyway it was it was so exciting to watch the race and and look at this from lap one turn one you passed herda and never looked back and I know you got to be disappointed because you didn't lead every single lap. There was the one, the one lap where you went into the pits. But man, what it was crazy! It was just amazing. And and I mean, the car must have just felt perfect. It did, and it's it's very rare that you can kind of say that about a race car. But it was uh, definitely on a, a pretty special level today. And and I mean, a lot of that's due to not only the the team effort, but but also clean air. Um, you know, I think the, a lot of people don't understand how much of an impact kind of being behind a car has on on your performance and your tire life and, and, and everything. So being able to, to get out front early on and control the race from there really kind of set us up for, for what ultimately was was a win. But um, yeah, it was it was pretty crucial to try and get in front of Colton at the start there, and I'm glad we were able to do it. Well, one of my favorite parts of the race, I believe it was Newgarden who radioed in and said, what's the gap between to Rossi? And they told him 29 seconds, and there was a long hesitation, and he just said, wow. <laughs> I think that's all he could, could muster. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... Uh... Yeah, I don't know what to say other than it was um, it was a great day for the team and couldn't do it without, you know, the efforts that, that they've all put in throughout the whole year. So, um, 
you know, that it, it's it's a positive thing for us. We needed that from a points perspective, but still seven races to go, and um, they're all going to be very important here as we come down to the to the final finale in, in Laguna Seca. You know, Alex, I was I was thinking about it before we got on the phone here, and I was thinking about where you are in your career and where, you know, when I met you, you were still struggling. We were here in Austin and trying to figure out where you were going to be. And then you ended up, you know, getting into Formula One and, and there was so much uncertainty in your career. And now just watching you over these last few, the last couple seasons, and especially the last few races, you just look like the most dominant driver in, in IndyCar right now. And, and what does that feel like to, to go over these last few years, just thinking back to where you were, where you are now? I'm, I mean, I'm the, all I can say is I'm grateful. Um, you know, I, I had no idea where my career was going to go in, in, in February of 2016 when, um, you know, I got told that I wasn't going to be racing for Manor. And um, within a couple of weeks, I was very fortunate that, that Michael and Brian Herta um, were adding a fourth car. And, and they thought of me and it all came together pretty quickly. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's something that, you know, I, I look back on and, and think, wow, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty amazing blessing that it all happened the way that it is. And, um, wouldn't want to be anywhere else other than racing IndyCar. You know, right after you won the Indy 500, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, he's, I know you, I've heard you say this too, but I thought, I wonder if everybody's going to think is he is he this good is he is it a fluke because you know going back but man have you just put that that's that's so far in the rearview mirror now that's that's amazing but and by the way it was a pretty good race behind you today uh the last couple of laps were really amazing they looked like formula drift i mean the tires were just toast and and the battle between Herta uh, and dixon and all those guys behind you so it was a great race uh you know you're not the only one or lewis hamilton is not the only one who can lead wire to wire but that's about the only thing you guys had in common with the formula one race today because it was great racing behind you and and uh but i know we're we're, we're out of time. I really just want to thank you for coming on the show. Congratulations for today and the best of luck for the rest of the season. I appreciate it very much. Kind words, man. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Alex. Talk to you soon. Listen to Speed City Live in Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Grandpa, what do you call this thing again? It's a 66 Ford Bronco. I think you got ripped off. Why is that, honey? It's got no Wi-Fi, no USB port, no Bluetooth. Exactly. I guess we'll just have to talk. Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. Is that the window button? It's called a window crank. Cool. The faster I move it, the faster it goes down. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty. Being old is kind of cool, Grandpa. Works for me. For people who love cars. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hello, I'm Jenny Gale from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. I want to start off by talking about uh, one of our sponsors, a new sponsor in Formula One. And if you know what that means, there's not that many sponsors in Formula One. And the ones that are there are are special, like DriveHimalaya.com. Premium. Yeah. And, and, and the reason we talk about DriveHimalaya.com, uh, the products that these guys make, these Jeeps, what they, I say Jeeps, trucks, they take the Land Rover Defenders, the classic Land Rover Defenders, and they rebuild them to an amazing degree a Formula One level of of detail and engineering. I mean, everything you can imagine from the drivetrain using modern, uh, efficient, and powerful V8s, generally the, the LS, GM, LS series, Corvette, Cadillac style, uh, so powerful, fuel efficient, uh, completely reliable. And that's another thing is that these vehicles are all unbelievably reliable because they're they're completely modernized with not only the engine drivetrain, but the rest of the drivetrain, the axles and the wheels. And I'm just looking at one of the videos right now on DriveHimalaya.com. And these, the, the level of detail makes them amazing, but the way they look, it will just stop you in your tracks. They're an unbelievable, gorgeous truck. And if, you've, if you have reached a place in your life where you want something that nobody else has, Go check out DriveHimalaya.com because these are unbelievable vehicles. So, oh, they are adventure ready. For yeah. Sure. And they've got some available stock right now, which is what you can't say about some of the people that do vehicles like this. There's not that many, but but check them out, DriveHimalaya.com. All right. Well, we're going to jump right back into it because we have a couple of callers on the line. Let's start with Kyle in California. Kyle, welcome to the show. How you doing? Good. How are you? Very good. I'm actually driving to Sonoma right now for the NASCAR race today. Oh, awesome. Ah, travel safe, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, and I was actually—I mean, I was watching the race. I'm surprised how fast it went today. Yeah, it did go pretty quick, didn't it? it uh, oh yeah. When you when you don't get a lot happening, did you? Uh, I mean, what did what did you think overall today? I just felt like it, I think that's what racing is. Like, it, it, the matter what kind of field was it? NASCAR, IndyCar, if we won, you get those races that'll be dramatic, great to watch, and you get races that are just like yep, the people who are dominating and no nothing really. So that's why. My overall feeling is just Hamilton on front, and that was the race. Yeah, it's it's a good point, Kyle. I appreciate you saying that because it does happen across all the way. I mean, uh, yeah, there's some race series right now that are doing a good job of making it more entertaining. I mean, I'm I'm honestly I'm thinking of IndyCar right now. It's pretty entertaining. Oh yeah, but it is well, a, ever since IndyCar went over to NBC, it's gotten more in, in, entertaining now too watch yeah i agree with that i do agree with that i mean look and it's and it is a different it's a different animal it's a different beast it's a different series with different goals and i think people watch them for different reasons don't you oh yeah oh yeah and it's hard it's a little hard to me to watch them live or live to them live because i'm in california so the tide difference doesn't really work in my favor but only it works for me because i woke up at five o'clock in the morning to head to sonoma 
uh, I live in, so it's about a three-hour drive, so I was able to listen while I was driving. Oh, okay. So I, don't nice. even, I don't get to even watch it live because I had to watch the rate on the tape delay because of it. You know, we've been Unless t- it's in the North America region. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, there's a couple that you can watch, Canada, the United States, Mexico, and uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been yeah. talking about all the different ways to, to grow the sport in the United States is one of the themes of today's show. And so how did you find out about Formula One's coverage on, on, uh, on the radio? Oh, it was just, um, I had it um, a few weeks ago. I can't remember when, when a few, I can't remember which Grand Prix, but it was like I was driving to a Dodgers game, and I just needed, and like I like to listen to races, whereas in NASCAR, IndyCar, it helps pass the time. So I was like, I just Googled my phone, this uh, Formula One going to XXM, and I just found it, and, and I uh, saved it um, on my bookmark just after that. So Okay. It's, yeah, so- it's, diff- it's much different than watching it on TV. Yeah, so you're just a fan and, and, and Google it up. Yeah. So there you go. I'm still like a new fan. I'm still trying to grow into sport. I will say this: like ever since I got more into it, ever since Haas became a, a, a team, and, and that's I have a favorite for them because again, they're the American team. I originally put an American driver in there one day, but yeah, who knows when that was going to happen? Well, yeah, and that's the, that's the formula we always talk about. Is that you know we've got this amazing home for Formula One here in Austin. We we now yeah. have an American team in the Haas F1 team. Now we need an American driver, and I don't know if you heard our show oh, about a month ago. We had Gunther Steiner on, and we all, we've we asked him this question, I don't know, over the last few years a dozen times or more, and he's never dropped a name. Well, he finally dropped an American name that he's watching, and he's uh, he's he's been watching Colton Herta. So, oh, yeah, and I, I know that name's been popping up. Um, he's really um, taken off this year in IndyCar. Uh, I, I didn't get a chance to watch qualifying, but um, he's uh, I, I did watch the um, – their um, Houston race, and and he, oh my God, he I think if he'd given it a chance in Formula One, I think he'd be perfect. Yeah, he may be one of those those talents because man, he is taking IndyCar by storm right now. Uh, I will admit, ever since um, um, Houston came on the schedule, I will admit, like Formula One has, I've seen more of a bigger presence because before then, I started watching Formula One in 2011, and that's before they even um, um, started um, planning Houston. Uh, you talking about Austin? Yeah. Austin, sorry. Dakota. Yeah, 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 here at Circuit. Yeah. That's by the way, that's where Circuit we are. We're in, we're in Austin, right? Just not far from the yeah. circuit, right here. So yeah. Yeah. Well, so uh, so you've been a you obviously you've been a a motorsport fan uh, for a while and new to Formula One, though, huh? An Indy car race. I've never been to a Formula One or a sports car race. Well, you know what? We're on a roll, man. We're going to give you some tickets to come see Austin if you can do it. Can you come down to Austin in November? I will make it happen if I get those tickets. You got it, man. Oh, well, the tickets are done. The tickets are done. You just got it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kyle, thanks I'll, for... I'll, 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 I'll drive because uh, that's, just, <laughs> I have, that's a, not a bucket list. Next is to see a sports car race. Well, that's uh, we're going to make that bucket list dream come true because we're going to put a couple tickets <laughs> with your name on it, Kyle. And I appreciate you listening sure. in on the radio and, uh, and hang on the line, and we're going to get your information. Thank you, man. I hope to call again soon. All right. Oh, absolutely. All right. We have... We're going to make the producer work for his money today. We got another caller on the line. We got Andy on the line. Andy P. It's Andy P. Not just any Andy. It's Andy P. How's it going, man? Morning, guys. How are you guys doing? Good to uh, talk to you. Yeah, you too. Uh, doing great. Doing great. Uh, hey, so I remember that uh, you thought you'd be going to the big Chicago Fan Fest. And uh, I, th- I think we heard a little bit about it. Yeah, you but, were in, uh, you were in Monaco, I believe. No, you were in uh, you were in Montreal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. When uh, Andy P. called, he gave us a report on it and said it was. Uh, I mean, just same thing that other callers from sure said it was a lot of folks there, right? Andy? So now that now that it's been a couple of weeks, is the buzz continuing in Chicago? That's a good question. 
I am pleasantly surprised to say, at least from my social media, that yes, I have found about maybe 10 or 15 people uh, just kind of in this area that I never knew would have been, you know, they're basically like in-closet F1 fans that I've been interacting with. So if nothing else, they've seen my pictures and stuff like that. So that's kind of where if there is a buzz, that's where it is. Um, I definitely did see some local media coverage of it. I think they put one of our local weather girls in one of the cars um, during the demonstration. So, and, and they had our, our, the quarterback from our, our football team was there too. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of bit of cross pollination with different things, but that's what you got to do to kind of get a buzz going, I, I would think. Well, and I'm glad to hear that it's continued and there's still interest, you know, a couple of weeks after, because quite often uh, in a town such as Chicago, where there's always something going on, that people move on to the next thing. I'm glad to hear it's it's stringing out and giving some lure there. Yeah, I mean, I, I heard the I heard the other caller actually from this area, and, and he made a great point about you know the whole Friends of the Park organization and everything like that. I don't know, like my my perspective on if you brought a race here, where would you have it? Simply because of issues like that, it would be really iconic and i would love to see it happen obviously but i i the it's a bit of a logistical nightmare just with the way the politics work up here so i'm hopeful but i'm reserved at the same time well so what are the arguments that the friends of the park would put up against a formula one race there i mean what what specifically um environmental uh mainly was probably going to be the main ones they want to keep a certain percentage of the lakefront air quote green. Um, so putting even removable asphalt or grandstands up or anything like that is going to probably be a problem for them. Um, they've tried to put up some environmentally friendly buildings, even at the outskirts of it. And they've really tried to put their, their, their feet down against something like that. So mm. it, it's going to come down to, local politics we have just elected a new mayor up here so you never know a lot of the aldermanic seats up here are changing so a lot of the old guard is kind of really being shuffled out very quickly so i would say if there's a window you almost you got to do it now yeah well it's going to be fun to watch all these different possibilities i mean formula one's talking about races in every uh every country and multiple places in the united states so we'll just have to see well so what did you uh What'd you call about on the race today, Andy? I know it's not the most exciting race. What'd you call about? It was not the most exciting race, uh, for sure. Um, my big takeaway, uh, McLaren on the way back. I am getting much more excited. Qualifying was great. They had good race pace today. Gutted for Lando Norris at the end there. Um, the car just gave up on him, but uh, he drove his heart out. He definitely deserved driver of the day. For me as a fan, the fact that 10th place hurts again tells me this team is moving in the right direction. They've got a a lot of positives coming from the top down. I'm really excited to see what they're going to do moving forward. Um, Other point, and and I almost threw this out after the Spanish Grand Prix where, you know, we had a a lot of of basically a parade around the racetrack for, for two hours. What's missing from this from the sport, I think, is some degree of variability. You have to have something that you can't just engineer. You guys made the point really good earlier that the engines now are very, very reliable, so there's no variability there. The tires, you can engineer your way into making whatever tire strategy you want work. Yep. 
So I will admit this is kind of an off-the-wall suggestion, and, and I'll just throw it out there, and you guys can, can pick at it if you want. Um, I always thought something like, and I wish we had like a Charlie Whiting around to do it, almost a random safety car between lap 10 and let's say lap 40 of a race that might happen, might not happen. He writes it down at the beginning of the race. He puts it in that that's going to happen on lap 17, he says, and he programs that into the light system. Hmm. And if there is a safety car incident, obviously you wouldn't have to have it, but it's there to throw some degree of variability into the weekend, into the race itself, because I don't see this changing the more consistency we have in the regulations because everyone's going to understand the tires better and everyone's going to stand the engines better. You know what? My, on the surface, my initial reaction is I don't like it because the same reason I don't like fan boost and the same reason I really don't like DRS. Uh, but today, would I have taken it? Absolutely. <laughs> a- absolutely today. And, uh, you know, it's really kind of a shame that that's where we are right now, trying to think of things like that. Because oh, I, I, hate, I hate that I have to go there. Yeah, I yeah, exactly. Where else to go. <laughs> I know. You're absolutely right. And that is, that is something you could implement immediately. You could do that right now. And you, then you, you're not fighting budgets. You're not fighting... You know, how do the smaller teams do the compete with the bigger teams, all that? You, you just do it right now. And, uh, I, and everybody jokes on uh, Twitter. So how about how about sprinklers coming on at random times? There you that's, that's basically. I want water cannons. I want water cannons. Water cannons. Hey, 100 bucks a shot. <laughs> uh, what? Are, yeah, you could control them from your laptop. You can control the, yeah. Oh, there's an app for that, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Andy, thanks. Uh, any other thoughts before I let you go, Andy? Um, the one thing I know you, we're all struggling watching Haas kind of, yeah. you know, founder a little bit at the at the back of the field. This is this is why you hired a guy like Gunther Steiner. Um, this is why you're going to find out what that team's really made of. You know, we've we've been kind of really, really spoiled in the fact that they didn't really have a lot of initial growing pains. This is really the first time yep. we've seen some adversity hit this team. I want to see what the response is. I know Gene's a competitor. I know Gunther's a competitor. Um, I, I just want to—I I want to see what that response is going to be, and I, and I hope that it, that it moves him forward in the right direction. That is a brilliant assessment of that. I really—I think you're absolutely right. It is the first adversity, and you know, Gene has built a, an amazing company and is a, a champion race, you know, team owner. And Gunther, uh, you know, my interactions with Gunther is that he is a smart guy, and this is going to be really interesting to watch. So, all right, we got to take a break. Andy, thanks for calling, buddy. We'll talk to you soon, and thanks for tuning in to Speed City. We'll be back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. 
online at ducatiaustin.com. We spend an average of eight hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens, laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi guys, Romain Grosjean from Hasef One Team, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Are we going to try to pronounce Romain Grosjean the same way he does? No, because I heard an explanation that, uh, you know, and I'm not one to slight anybody, but uh, apparently when you learn to speak French, the French was a language developed by somebody that was lazy, and they leave off the last syllable. Are you? <laughs> Whereas Texas <laughs> we... adds in an extra one. <laughs> one, and we make it last a long time. There you go. So, hey, hey I want to read. We each have our character. I want to read a tweet. That somebody just tweeted out. They said, uh, "They said, uh, honestly, I find qualifying better than the races." And talking about Formula One, I wish ESPN would show more qualifying and practices. Well, what's interesting about what they said is that ESPN shows all of it. Yeah, and you just have to. Maybe it's just a matter. You have to of, look for it a little more. That was from uh, Jackie Peterson, and uh, on Twitter, and you know, she just has to know where to look for it. And probably the easiest way to find that is just the Watch ESPN app or WatchESPN.com. Right. And I don't know if you have to have a cable login to watch everything. I think you probably do, but it certainly is. They, they've got you. You can watch every single practice and qualifying on ESPN. And that brings us into the continued discussion about growing the sport in the United States. And I think ESPN has been a, a good thing to do that. I'm not saying that's the that is the answer for forever but i think it's been a good thing because the television numbers are up but and i think some of that is just purely organic with espn because if you and we've talked about this when they first announced it but you know if you go into a sports bar they're going to naturally have espn on and and the problem is of course the timing of the races but they also replay some of the races too at different times i think espn i think maybe sunday nights but i don't know if they replay them during the week but at least there's that opportunity to where you could stumble across it because you had ESPN on, for example. Totally agree with you on on all accounts. Those are the things that are going on. <clears throat> you know, obviously seeing something in person or or having some kind of encounter with a any given sport uh, will will help accelerate you being a fan or increase you know the level of fan you already are. Uh, they're they're fan fest that they had in Miami. They had them in Chicago. They're doing different things. I know uh, in talking with Lewis Hamilton, he's going to be in, I believe, New York City the week between Mexico and the U.S. And they're scattering folks all around for that, uh, doing media events as they lead up to races in that region of the world. So uh, I think that's a good thing for Formula One management. That's Liberty Media that is steering that type of engagement and activity or, or access for the fans. So Kudos behind that move because America is the biggest opportunity. We've heard that in, in several discussions. Well, early in the season, we interviewed, we went to New York and interviewed Sean Bratches of, 
of Liberty Media, Formula One, actually. But uh, and he talked about a lot of this. And and uh, I think one of the biggest things that they've done that's been a huge success is the Netflix series. I have multiple friends that don't watch Formula One at all or, or didn't watch Formula One at all. And may some of them may still not, but they're now telling me, oh, I'm totally hooked. I binge watched the F1 Drive to Survive series on Netflix. And it is done so well. Uh, I, I think, in fact, you know, we've got a clip here um, that I want to play in a second. And uh, I've got the producer. I think he just took a call, but it's a clip from Gunther talking about that. But the point is, is this Netflix series has done a fantastic job. I don't know what that cost. We saw the production when they came here to Austin. And it was a big production, but but let's let's play a clip from uh, Gunther Steiner about uh, Netflix because he his just we did an interview with him. Let's hear from Gunther Steiner. See, I think I'm with you. It, it shows the, the people how Formula One actually works, and uh, uh, you know the F words. I'm not proud of them, but it's it's part of when you when we race and when we do things that uh, I drop it and. Uh, even less proud was my my wife when when she saw it. You know, so. I didn't even watch it. I said, I don't want to watch it because I don't want to be embarrassed about myself, you know. So, uh, uh, but on interviews, when I'm on radio, on TV, I can very well behave. People tell me I've got a switch. But then <laughs> with the Netflix, the switch didn't work, I guess. You know, he's talking about dropping the F-bomb, but he started off that just by saying uh, it shows people behind the scenes. And and that's what's really fascinating. And one of the comments from a novice, he'd only he'd hardly watched any F1, and he said, said, I really, really like them talking about what goes on behind the scenes because you don't see that on the on the race weekends. And that's very true. And, and another thing, you know, you, we got to see that side of, of Gunther Steiner dropping the F-bomb. And he said he's not proud of it. And I, you could actually really tell if you listen to go back and listen that we've got that interview, the full interview up on our SoundCloud, on our website and stuff. And uh, actually, you know, it's a podcast on iTunes or, or uh, Apple Podcasts and and Spotify and all that, but it, uh, he could tell he was not proud of that, but it, it is just exactly that it's behind the scenes. And I know that they're filming a second, a follow-up season to that. I haven't heard if it's been a hundred percent finalized. No, I have not. But, and but honestly, they're filming I, it. I know that. So. Yeah. I did not get to see any of the, uh, recognized a couple of the camera folks, but they also have other duties besides that. But, uh, yeah, very, just a fan- fanatical, Look, behind the scenes, if you think you know Formula One, I want you to make a point of watching at least a couple of those episodes, and you're going to learn things about the decisions that you saw, but you're going to learn a little more of that deep story. And there's a really good article that I want to point out. It's on Formula No, it was on Racer.com uh, on June 6th by Chris Medlin. If you know, you probably know Chris if you follow social media and Formula One, but he talked a lot about he starts off by saying, if you live in the UK, you hear people talking about trying to crack America. And he says it talks about uh, musicians or entertainment, but it's equally true of Formula One. And the, some of the stats that he brings up in here, because he interviewed Formula One's director of commercial operations, Sean Bratches, that we talked about. And uh, some of the stats are really fascinating. He said, uh, you know, he said, the United States, this is a quote from Sean in that article, said, the United States is a priority market for us and it's been growing. The U.S., was not in the top five television markets globally in 2017. And now, he said last year, the United States was number three. So they've gone from not in the top five, maybe number six or whatever, up to number three. And that 
that is directly showing up in the numbers you're seeing the ESPN releasing about about viewership. So uh, some other high points of this is that he said, if you look at formula1.com and the users on a global basis, the largest nominal user base is in the UK, which you'd expect, right? But the second largest user base is in the United States. Again, another big time growth. And if you look at F1 TV, it says the number one market from a, a nominal subscription is the United States. Uh, they've got some bugs to work out on that, by the way. F1 TV, I tr- right. I've watched, I try to watch it every time on su- at some point during the weekend, and quite often I'll have trouble. Now, when it's working, I really like it. There's lots of features. I say when it's working. It's working most of the time. It's just giving me lots of glitches, well, but it, but it's really, really well done. I like the F1 app, and they're not paying for this, but it's great to have this additional data as you're watching free practice, as you're watching quality, all those kind of things. And you're getting this other data that they're not showing you on TV. And being the geeky guy I want to see behind the scenes and, and have more info about the race as it's going on, I love that as an accessory to watching the race and or the qualifying and the free practice as well. All right, some other stats in here. Uh, we just got a little bit left, but I want to talk about a couple things real quick. You know, ESPN has got that two-year deal. They've seen major uh, increases in their audience. We talked about Netflix and uh, – but the the live Twitter show that the, that they do on the right. F1.com that mm-hmm. Will Buxton hosts, 75% of that audience is from the United States. And you might say that the Twitter base is in the United States mostly, but I don't know if that's true. Twitter's pretty pretty global. So uh and Sean Bratch is actually in this article says, so we're moving on in the United States, and I think the next Netflix series has a lot to do with that. So that that may have been the number one thing that that they've done. <laughs> And, and and they said it right off the bat, if you recall. They said they're going to go digital and they're going to go hard into digital. They are, and uh, and very wise. You know, the uh, I spoke with Sean Bratches in the paddock in Monaco a little bit, and he was like, we've got a lot of good things going on. They've got some other folks coming in. They've got a lot of uh, things that they had to get moving, and now they can really change things up. Yep. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in today. And thanks to all of our callers. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to meeting all you guys who we gave tickets away to here in Austin. We're excited to do that. And, of course, uh, check out all our content on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And I mentioned earlier, but we have all of our shows go up onto Apple Podcasts and to Spotify and all your favorite podcast platforms, radio.com, all those. So talk to you guys next week. We really appreciate you tuning in. Ciao, y'all. Powerful as Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.